This is the album concept hour, and we are covering Rush twenty one twelve. Welcome. They have assumed control. They have assumed control. My name is Brad LeBaron, and I am uh, your host as always. And I am joined by my uh, avid co-host. Uh, what was your name again over there? Oh, it's John Aker. There, don't you know? <laughs> and then uh, today, for the uh, first time, actually, we have a couple of returning guests. Not one, but two. Two returning guests. That's right. Uh, we have uh, Jake the Snake on the Lake Foster. Can you say hi, Jake? Hello there, everybody. Yep, yep. Welcome, welcome. And then uh, we have John's friend from the Gorillas episode, uh, Trevor, is joining us. I'm forgetting your last name right now. GK Colden. <laughs> Trevor Colden. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Welcome. Uh, thanks for making it to the uh, the Zoom f- uh, meeting for the podcast uh, for Rush 2112. Okay. Yeah. I literally had, um, you know, no plans because of uh, Sweet Sweet Rona. So the Sweet Sweet Rona. My Corona. <laughs> Rona. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought some Corona the other day, you know. like uh, someone's, Honestly, I, had, someone's I felt bad stuff. for I know, I know, man. Like, it's not Corona's fault. That that they named it. They this. named it the COVID after Literally. it. Although I, I, knowing that Corona means something about the eye, kind of makes me wonder, like, why is Corona beer called Corona? I mean, like, good question, right? Makes you wonder. That is a good question. I anyway, mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have. Time oh, dude, to it's, um, this is a little early cool for what is uh, Dave drinking, but you know, <laughs> we're we're in Wisconsin, you know, and we're in quarantine, so. Drinking is a big big Mm -hmm. part of of what we're doing right now. (laughs) Truth. No, it's it's pretty cool too because I, um, Trevor, you and Jake have known each other before any of this ever happened. How long have you uh, know? How long have you guys uh, been uh, hanging out? Uh, well, Trevor and I both went to the same elementary school, so. Oh really? So it's it's been a while, and that then we bowled cool. we bowled together at the bowling alley and cross planes like for so, years. Yeah, for so there's years. There's a lot of there's okay. a lot of stuff. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Good old CP. Cool, cool. Lot two of, two lot CP of boys representing. Yep. Yeah. What's what's CP mean again in this context? Cross planes. Cross planes. Cross planes. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I didn't know that you guys, I didn't know that you guys knew each other, actually. Um, uh, yep. yeah, 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 cool. yeah, man, John, John knows all sorts of people, man. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, all, he's connected all over the place, apparently. All walks of life. Yeah, yeah. I do what um, I can. But yeah, how are you guys, uh, how are you guys doing in the, the quarantine? You guys, uh, holding, holding up? Quarantini. Well, doing just... fine. Doing Go fine. ahead, Trevor. Yes. I just got back from uh, up north from shooting plenty of guns, so like uh, my mental health has never been higher. 
Yeah, that does. Uh, I that would does say really do something for you. You know what I mean? It really makes it's a you, good thing that Trevor blew down. some stuff up before he accidentally blew his house up. Mm, yeah, yeah. There would have been no accidental, but regardless, you know, this would be a great <laughs> time to go into the country and shoot some guns. Honestly, it's like it the, really it's like. A, Kind of perfect, I feel like a new. I feel like a new person. Like I got a. I got. I got. I got a. I got a bruise on my shoulder from shooting twelve gauge. For like because I put like a, a hundred rounds or so through it. So like it's not a big deal. But you know it's just one of those things. Where you're like wow. I. Uh, I definitely have a lot of testosterone flowing through me right now. Like wow. See, if you yeah. know Trevor, he needs to get that out. And the problem with the Rona is that he hasn't been able to get that out, especially on other people. So this is good that he got that he, he got that opportunity. For sure. To shoot some yeah. guns and get out that adrenaline and I get, just, I get, a, I get a bit a little bit of I weed. imagine it's the most focused you've been in weeks. I uh, yes it has. Also the most sober I've been because I don't handle firearms while under the influence. That's Trump not a, a bad safe idea. Gun user. That's a good thing. That's yeah. a good, and good remember, practice. Don't handle firearms unless you're completely sober. So PSA Trevor, of the week. PSA. PSA. Right Trevor, um, Nick. Nick yeah. told me about the guy that came in and was like first against like the masks and the Rona, mm-hmm. and then he did like the 180 because like his cousin or something like that got it. Yep. That'll tend that's, to. That's that'll tend to make you reconsider. You know, yeah, not not quite of as a as a dismissive dismissive disease as you thought there first there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Facebook has uh, been a shitstorm lately, and I've been trying to stay away from it because I've been seeing a bunch of. It makes you angry. I know. I know. It, if you're not it's, careful, yeah. that's another it's PSA. Not... That's another PSA. Stay off Facebook. Just it, it's makes the number you one regardless of, of where your political stance is just As stay Trevor off Facebook. Say, it gives you the red eyes yeah yes stay, yeah stay yeah. away from the propaganda yeah yeah i've muted a lot of people on facebook yeah you kind of so, have to yeah i mean i i, I, I try to post one night i try to post about the radio show and then try to stay off but it doesn't happen but then yeah I just mute, yeah mute i post people I post about yeah the podcast stuff, and I try not to do a lot of comments. But every now and again, I'm like, eh, I don't know, guy. But oh, uh, no, dude, I, I snapped. <laughs> I snapped uh, on yeah. someone the other night. Like yeah. I left like a paragraph long message. I was yeah. just like, oh, oh you. So you're telling me because you've been against this from the start that you would like be willing to put yourself, your parents, uh-huh. and your grandparents all up for like this I test think, group. This, I think my favorite argument. Like, my favorite argument for people when they're like, oh, how many people do you know have had this? And then you just stop and look them in the face. Exactly. How many people do you know have had this? We're doing, a very, quite a few, few we're doing a very good job at preventing the spread from this. Well, yeah, and that's like want... the like. Well, you know, and no credit's asked, going to that like right the, now. Well, it's like that's the answer kind of is like not a lot of people because we're like. Doing, doing something about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's because They're it's working. And it's, yeah, yeah. And it's so it's so maddening because yeah. you watch so many people use that against the people that are like doing what they can to not spread it, stay inside. Like, so, I mean, like, oh yeah, such low numbers. This disease is horrible, and you're just like, yeah, well. And then being that we're in the farm state, my favorite follow up argument is when they're like, "Oh well, it's herd mentality. You've got the chicken pox. You got this. You got that. Okay, great." But if you want to talk about herd mentality, then look at mad cow disease. 
farmers thought that it would be something that would level out, the cows would build up an immunity, and it ended up decimating entire populations and entire farms. Oh, we so have had or CWD. CWD. CWD in the deer population right now in Wisconsin, we have the highest rate of CWD than any other state. So chronic wasting disease is another thing that's uh, it's terrible. But I mean, so if you want to talk about herd mentality, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. Oh, it's it's that. And that's what this chick, that's what this, this person like, that was like what she was preaching for so long. And I just, you couldn't know, stand it anymore. Speaking of herd mentality, this album is actually based on a uh, well, the first half of the album, twenty one twelve. For anyone that doesn't know, it's one track that is about twenty minutes and some change. First, uh, first um, side of the album. But yeah, it's, it's a first, commitment. Yeah, it's the first side of the album, and it's based on a uh, story by uh, Ayn Rand. Uh, it's a short story called. Um, uh, why am I blanking on the uh, It's a short story about it's a guy who finds Anthem. a guitar and learns to play. It's called uh, the story's called Anthem. Um, yeah. and uh, Good I'm not name. a I'm not a huge fan of like you know some of the stuff from Ayn Rand, but this story is like a really uh, it's a story about um, you know, <clears throat> overcoming the kind of crowd mentality and uh, being individual and like you know, um. Discovering like uh, science and truth, and um, you know, rediscovering like the stories of a guy essentially in a dystopia where there's no electricity and there's no individuality, rediscovering electricity and trying to bring that into his society, uh, essentially. But you know, that was the most surprising thing when when we were clipping this out, like, and you were just like, dude, this is based off of a short story that i know very well i that was the biggest surprise for me i did not know that it well it's it was a i read it in, and it was really cool grade. that you like had that connection to it yeah i was not expecting it either but i read it in 12th grade and it was really it was really impactful for me like i read i ended up re- like reading atlas shrugged which uh by the way don't bother it's way too long um but uh it's uh just read anthem anthem's way better and explains what she's trying to say in a shorter fashion so um, i'm not but, gonna lie what what's up you guys blew my mind when you guys told me that this was about a short story and when i really like after i heard that i sat down and just listened to it and i was like oh my god well this it's, is, it's it, very com- different though it is it there's a lot of plot points that are different but i can I, I i can see he's like rewriting the short story kind of to like fit music you know but i mean like i, I still looked it up and I'm like the comparisons like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool it's yeah pretty cool. yeah it's it's a very well well done um uh, I guess send up to that that story. It's a it's it's a very it is a really great short story. I, I just um w- from the point of just personal empowerment, um you know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, do you guys want to get into the yeah, first let's, part? Uh, let's roll of into the first track. So uh so okay so we mentioned it's uh twenty one twelve. There's uh side one that's twenty one twelve. It's twenty minutes long, and we've cut it into. <laughs> sections what was that noise 
That was me, 100%. Uh, um, I didn't realize okay. it because I just uh, polished off a beer and put it in my metal fucking trash can that I didn't realize okay. makes sound reverberation. Oh, okay. No, no, that's fine. I just, I just, it was uh, very, it, it was an indistinguishable sound because of the, you know. It, for no, some I reason, sneeze on the radio show a lot. Oh. Not a lot, but you know, every time it happens and I listen back to it, it's like, that doesn't sound like a sneeze at all. I know, exactly. Like, it sounded like a scream or something. And yeah. I was like, what was that? that? No, absolutely. I was like, uh, Brad, did yeah. you wonder how they actually something? record sneezes. Like, That's how, a, does that act, how do they actually shit. get the sound of a sneeze? You probably have breathing on a mic. That's yeah, a very that's yeah. a that's a really good question, and I'm you got me giving me a lot to think about. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, so it's, get out of the music. It's separate. It's separated into seven parts uh, for twenty one twelve. So uh, yeah, we're gonna go through like the, the lyrics from each like section. So here is uh, the o- overture part one. All right, so Overture Part One. It does. That is my favorite part of the song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really so great. Peaceful. Um, and uh, the only ver- the only lyric is, "And the meek shall inherit the earth." So, um, what's cool is that there's like a part in there where like there's a lot of like bombs and um, like like distant distant like bombs and planes and stuff you hear in the background, and um, I'm. Th- I personally am thinking that maybe that means like the end of the previous society is happening, you know? Oh yeah. What do you guys think? So like even just hearing this first, like this first clip here, because I didn't find out that this was like based off a short story until like listening to it with you guys. Uh Like just hearing this first clip right here, like honestly, like to me, I literally just got the vibe of like, this is him finding the guitar. This is him learning uh-huh. Uh, everything that he needs to know like him yeah. starting at a novice and figuring out that like you know mm-hmm. this is meant for him kind of yeah. yeah 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 well I, I think that it's interesting though that it's it, like it starts with the like the meek shall inherit the earth but like you know in the you know how it plays out the people that you know inherit the earth uh become these oppressive uh people in the story you know, the, which the is like that you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. So Our it's like it's all, kind man. of yeah, it's kind of like opposite of like what uh, you'd expect the meek inheriting the earth to mean. You know, you want to fight it, but when you look at history, man, history just, just repeats itself I, all I the hear, time. I hear 1984 in the background. So the lyric is a reference to beatitudes of the New Testament and Psalm. Thirty-seven, eleven. Yes, yes, that's right. I just saw that. Yeah, it's 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 one of those like it's like one of the like I feel like this has been on a T-shirt. This one, like the meek shall mm-hmm. inherit the earth. You know, it's a real popular one among the uh, among like the churches. Oh, Christians love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The poor will inherit the earth. The rich <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. matter essentially. But and it's it weird also contains. It's it up? contains the eighteen twelve orchestra. Or overture, 
Oh, Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture, like a guitar adaption of a familiar part of of oh, that as well. I didn't realize that that was like actually an overture because I, I thought it was weird that the first part of this was called Overture, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot more sense. It's not long, but I could I, I heard it the first, you know, the first time I heard it, that would definitely that definitely popped out. Wow. OK. OK. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, I would listen. Wow! But uh, yeah, part uh, part one just has that, and then um, part two is labeled uh, "Temples of Syrinx," and I'm actually gonna read the little uh, the little thing they have. There's a lot of things that are uh, little like um, notes that are in the album notes that aren't actually lyrics, but they help kind of explain the story. Um, this one says. Um, the massive gray walls of the temples rise from the heart of every Federation city. I have always been awed by them to think that every single facet of every life is regulated and directed from within. Our books, our music, our work, and play are all looked after by the benevolent wisdom of the priests. So it kind of sets the you know tone of what's going on for the second part here. So here we go. All right, so that's part two, and um, in this part, they're kind of uh, they're kind of like rebuilding. I, I, they've like clearly rebuilt the society, and um, like now they are kind of in a you know a, a place where these priests are in charge, and like I don't know what the syrinx exactly is, but you know, I don't know. I mean, like. When you're talking about like uh, a certain population in charge, I mean, let, that almost makes me think of the giver, like you know, talking about books and stuff. Because we were talking about that earlier, but I mean, yeah. like, oh, that's such was, a good book. I was thinking that, of the giver. It makes me think of that. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, you have a certain set of people that are in charge of all the power, or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. Kind of makes me think of that. They control all information. Mm-hmm. They have little to- tolerance for individuality or creativity that does not conform to their plan yeah it's so this is where it kind of differs from the anthem story where that story it's more about um i guess the fact that they've set aside science and history and logic and stuff in view in favor of a more simplistic lifestyle with like there's no electricity and everything's by candle and there's this uh like uh candle council uh, the the departments of candles and like the council of scholars is like the equivalent but in this story it's it's like art and like culture and creativity that he discovers and so it's like it that's the biggest difference between the two is like you know science versus like culture or something you know what i mean the sirens, uh, however you say that, is a set of panpipes or the ornithology is uh, the lower larynx or voice organ in birds situated at near the junction of the trachea and bronchia and well-developed songbirds. Okay, so I wonder if that means that, because he does seem to mention that there is there is some kind of music around. 
because mm-hmm. he mentions that the music that he's doing is better than what he's heard, you know. So maybe it's one of those oh, things where only the priests were allowed to like use music or something, mm-hmm. you know, or control. Well, it. you know, that's really yeah. like yeah. that. That's really a, a, a medieval thought, like uh, from the Middle Ages, because that was really what the Middle Ages was in Europe. Yeah, was the church ruled everything. And you just kind of like you had your kings, you had your vassals, you know, and oligarchy. And stuff. But yeah. you know, the the church really ruled everything. Yeah. This That's, this also says in Greek mythology the syrinx. I'm I don't know. Am I saying that right? I want to say well, sirens. Sirens. Okay. Sirens lure is, is a water nymph who was transformed into a set of panpipes, okay. and effectively the comic. Booklet represents the temples with the shape of pan pipes. So apparently I need in little, the album, I need a little pipes. clarification. Are we saying sirens? Uh, it sounds a little like that, but because I mean, sirens were the ones that lured sailors to their death by singing to them into the ocean. Uh, the but, well, phonetic yeah, priests. Wait, do you know how so... it's spelled? Though? Phonetically, I think it's syrinx. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna I, say. I, I think yeah. I'd have yeah. to agree with Jake on okay. this one. Yeah, Just from the way it's spelled, from the especially. dictionary apparently no, that I looked up. That's yeah. what I. That's why I was looking for some clarification. I was like, you, you yeah. don't have the lyrics, do you? Not in front of me. Okay, I can okay. look them up. Okay. No, no, no. That's that. That explains it though, because it's one of those things where, like, if you say it, it doesn't like. It can be like heard several different ways. But like when you see it's it like on like French. when you see it on paper, it's like French oh, yeah, so yeah. many words, that's, with, that's, so that's many that. letters that just don't mean anything. In yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But they mean a sound for some reason. It's yeah, weird. yeah. Words are strange, man. Communication. Is weird. Words, are, words are fucking weird, bro. Words are fucking weird, bro. Um. So yeah, this is kind of like establishing the world, I guess, that he's living in right now. Like he's really, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh, uh, proud of where they are. Um, it's it's a really like uh patriotic kind of tune it seems you know. Um, but yeah, the next track is uh call or the next part is part three called discovery, and it says uh, for the uh, words that are in the booklet, um, behind my beloved waterfall in the little room that was hidden beneath the cave, I found it. I brushed away the dust of the years and picked it up, holding it reverently in my hands. I had no idea what it might be, but it was beautiful. I learned to lay my fingers across the wires and turn the keys to make them sound differently. As I struck the wires with my other hand, I produced my first harmonious sounds, and soon my own music. How different it could be from the music of the temples. I can't wait to tell the priests about it. So, it's kind of a, it's almost like biblical. It's a hopeful tune. Putting this together, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is part three, Discovery. Hey guys, what do, you, what do you guys think about that part? Good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. it's getting, it's yeah. getting real familiar. Copacetic. But yeah, yeah, I like that. It sounds like um, it kind of sounds like something that you would do the first time that you pick up a guitar. You know, 
Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, Springs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no it, it, it sounds kind of almost... like you're like, what? What is this thing? And then you, after you, you get it tuned, strings and yeah, you don't even know. You don't even know if you're tuning it yet. Sometimes I think you take that first dude because. You don't yeah. know what tuning is. No one's taught you how to use an think instrument. Tuning develops an ear. You have to figure out what it is first. Absolutely. Yeah. And, That's and what I'm saying. They, they were never taught. In, in this dystopia, he was probably never taught how to use it. Yeah. It says, it says he figures out how to tune it and play it, enabling to make his own music. And then it goes into how different that music could be from the music of the temples. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you, if you play around with just a guitar long enough, I mean, you know, there are natural things that are happening with it, you know, like certain notes, if they um, aren't in tune with each other, you will hear that dissonance in the air, mm-hmm. you know, until they are in tune. So, I mean, it's something you can figure out without any training whatsoever, you know, um, as like certain musicians. Oh, the human ear is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Especially. A lot of a lot of I mean, like blues natural ears can be too, but like, I, the, like from what I know about the human ear, yeah, human ear can really catch right on sometimes if yeah. you if you do it enough. That's why you guys got to wear earplugs when you're going to shows with really loud speakers, guys. Seriously, and or shooting you don't ruin your ears. Yeah, yeah. There's earplugs that make it so you can hear the the people on the stage pretty well. All right. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't hear you there. <laughs> yeah, I know. All of all of our ears here are are damaged. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a really like um, it's it's probably like one of the best parts in the story of Anthem too. But like when he discovers that he can make music, it's like the turning point in his brain, and like, you know, and it it, it makes him question really, society uh... at large that he's in, and like yeah. It really shows his age too, that he thinks he can like show this to the, to the council and oh, what if I just discovered if I show this to the council they'll for surely love what I'm playing. Uh huh. You so know, you're talking and, about and, an... and he goes and does it. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about an innocence then? Yes. Yes. Correct. Yeah, I was about to say Actually, it's more correct. innocence. Yeah, for sure. Correct. Um, but yeah, I think that that's something that like everyone in this culture is like kind of innocent in that way, um, because of, you know, the priests or whatever, trying to, mm-hmm. you know, control everything and make sure that they don't do what the elders did, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's a like little really bit like what, uh, Marty McFly did when he, uh, started breaking, uh, breaking stuff in 1955. Oh. Yeah, You're a little young for that. Yeah, the kids are gonna love it though. <laughs> 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 nice, uh, Jake. What were you gonna say? No, I I don't think I was gonna say anything. Oh, sorry. I thought I heard you for a second. Oh, I know. Um, I was probably just no. Me and me and my laughing. me and my sister were talking about uh, Back to the Future earlier today. Well, um, it's on Netflix. I just watched oh, all it? three episodes. Is it? Episodes. Yes. All three episodes of uh... okay, you know what? Because it is three episodes, but <laughs> they yes, had part right. they had three part parts. three on there alone by itself for a long time. So I'm glad they finally added the first two yep, parts. They added the say, first I hate, two. I hate it when they do that. Like if Netflix is gonna get like one out of a trill, just get all three if you're gonna do yeah. that. You know what I mean? Well, especially because like three is useless without the first two. Yeah, yeah. Three yeah. is just a three is just a western movie with sci-fi effects. What I'm saying, if you Netflix... don't watch the first two. Is put RoboCop two on Netflix. That's all I want. All right. 
Still <laughs> All right, so the next right, uh, section is uh, part four, um, and uh, oh, it's called presentation. So it represents you know him bringing the uh, guitar to um, the people, but the but I'm not gonna read it. You know, I'm, I'll I'll read it first. It's a little bit of a spoiler because it's weird because like the what it sets you up for kind of spoils what happens in the song, but. Uh, we all know what happens in the song. Um, in the sudden silence, as I finished playing, I looked up to the circle of grim, expressionless faces. Father Brown rose to his feet in solemn and... I've never seen this word. His somnolent voice echoed throughout the silent temple hall. Instead of grateful joy that I expected, they were words of quiet rejection. Instead of praise, sullen dismissal. I watched in shock and horror as Father Brown ground my precious instrument to splinters beneath his feet. So here's the track. <laughs> All right, guys, I have a confession to make. See you, Brad. Yeah, I got, I got, I got a little confession to make, guys. So, so this song, twenty one twelve, it's a twenty minute song, right? And um, <laughs> that part sounded really familiar. We're only really allowed. <laughs> I thought it was totally new. <laughs> we're only really allowed to get like fifteen seconds of a song, so you know, we thought we'd just throw in the same, the same thing. You know, uh, uh, over and over again. You know, uh, no one, no one should notice, right? So uh, <laughs> we've been. <laughs> Boy, and I thought you were going to get away with it throughout the whole yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry, the next one will be different. I promise. Um... <laughs> so we can just talk about the rest of the song. Yeah, we can just talk. Well, we can talk about like you know, All right. part four. So that, part that four. was supposed to be part four, right? We're part four. Imagine we're imagine we're at part four. Yeah, imagine we're at part four. So, so um, the song ends four, with a guitar four. solo outro similar instrumentally to the chorus of the the temples of Syrinx. So that's oh. just what you did. Interesting. So, oh, okay. Okay. So maybe you did use the other track and you can just mm. delete all the stuff that you're, we just said. Yes, you're ah. absolutely right. Because <laughs> it sounds familiar. Uh-huh. I mean, it's I know. Well, no, that, very that similar. Part, that it part is, is in like three familiar. or four parts of the song. Right. Well, it, it's 20 minutes long. They got to bring, you know. Certain aspects it's, back. I, I right. call it the, uh, yeah. the, the calm yeah. part. They always yeah. do some kind of like real driving. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then they like come back to that. And you well, and it is it is a really it is honestly like one of my favorite parts in the album. Like it, like I think that's why we chose it ori- originally actually for the yes. No, clip. We, me and you were in because like it's, me and you it's, were in like real quick agreeance. That yeah, that was, I feel like it's the that like was the thing we wanted. It's like the remember. turning point for the main character. So mm-hmm. it's part of the reason we chose that as the one to do over and over again. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we wanted to frame the podcast, you know. Um, so we were like, yeah, let's just fuck with them. Um, so <laughs> fucking chasers. Um, You'll notice that's why I couldn't keep a straight face. Yeah, no, I was looking also, away from the camera. I was like, oh geez, we're doing it again. I wasn't going to say anything, but also like, fuck you. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Uh, but no, this one, um, it's this is when he he's kind of become like uh, disillusioned finally to the society that he's in. You know, like they he tried to show them this like new culture thing and they just shut him out. And so, you know, he's uh, he's questioning everything. But uh, well, well, hold on. Is this also? Oh, wait, I might have been talking about the next track, the dream. But no, I mean, sorry. regardless, to quote Pink Floyd, leave those kids alone. Yeah, dog, leave those kids alone, man. Just leave those kids alone. But they they man. see they definitely see from the lyrics here that um, they see that kind of you know expression as dangerous. Like it, they they see that as something that unraveled the elders' um, society. Shook mm. them four. Yeah. So another toy that helped destroy the elder race of men or man. Oh, I love yeah. that line. That's a great yeah. line. Yeah. I like how they just call it a toy too, you know. Like mm-hmm. they they even they denouncing they like, it still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um silly whim that doesn't fit the it plan. Doesn't fit the plan. And so this is actually this is just how it, you know, again, how it goes in the anthem story. He shows them the uh light bulb. And they uh, put him in jail um, because, you know, they're not the electricity is like forbidden. Like he was supposed to be a street. Oh, yeah, that's part of the story. He was supposed to be a street sweeper because um, that's what he was like assigned to. But he was like a really curious individual. So he kept on like studying these things when he could. So, um, you know, and what's interesting is like, um I don't think that 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 it's part of this story, but in that story, he just escapes jail because like there's no guards because the society is at a point where they can't even conceive of someone going against the grain that much. So he's just able to like run out of the jail and like go into the forest. So that's what happens in the actual story. I'm not saying that this is super similar, but like this is really similar to Dirty Dancing. You know, I've never actually seen that, but I, I you know, I need dirty to. dancing though is really just I don't a know what you mean, but American story. <laughs> that is so but funny because the Netflix they... series, the movies that made us, my girlfriend so great, and I, by the way, we just so we great. just we just watched the one on Dirty Dancing tonight. <laughs> it's so, so good. So do you agree? It's surprisingly Jake? good. Band <laughs> dancing, you can't dance no more. No, Trevor. Trevor. So what? The so what was it, what was our point? What was our um, point with this, the, the, the song compared dancing, to Dirty Dancing? <laughs> dirty Dancing. Oh, he's. Uh, I, I think this Trevor. Die Hard and uh, uh, Home Alone. Well, I was, yeah, I was thinking that Dirty I, I was Dancing. Saying, I think the point that, was, he, yeah. In the town, the town in Dirty Dancing, it was illegal to dance because there were some kids. Is that foot, like, Footloose? You're thinking. Oh Foot, Footloose. God. I got him so mixed up. That's yes, my bad. Dirty so Dancing wait. was not that. He, they went to a country. Actually, club yes, Footloose summer. is very much like the story anthem. I got him right. mixed up. Yeah. I feel so bad right well, now. You know, but I mean, these themes. Eighties dancing themes. movies. There's not a whole lot of them. You know what I mean? Like they're probably synonymous in your brain. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Flash dance. Footloose yeah. and Dirty Dancing, all dancing uh-huh, movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were saying on on how the movies made or the, the movies that made us how different Dirty Dancing was than those two, but but they're all dancing dancing ones. So well, it's usually it's about series. some Jake, people so telling you not to dance. Right? <laughs> Certain people are like, you shouldn't dance for some reason. 
and then yeah. that's like the kind of motivating factor. Dicks. And then people dance, and then they're like, "Oh, dancing's great," because yeah, no. dancing's great. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. So, uh, part five is uh, called Oracle, uh, the Dream. So uh, here's the uh, the liner notes that aren't actual lyrics. I guess it was a dream, but even now it all seems so vivid to me. Clearly, yet I see the beckoning hand of the oracle as he stood at the summit of the staircase. I still see the incredible beauty of the sculptured cities and the pure spirit of man revealed in the lives and the works of this world. I was overwhelmed by both wonder and understanding as I saw a completely different way of life, a way that had been crushed by the Federation long ago. I saw now how meaningless life had become with the loss of all of these things. So, yeah, this is uh, this is him kind of really like realizing um, that he's um, he's he, he's different. He he's ascended to a different like level than you know the people around him. So he's not he's not feeling what the other people are stepping in, Brad. Yeah. So here's part five. Can I play with madness? Ah, right, was, was I know, so I know part. that part. So that was part I know five. which song that's from. I know exactly. Yeah, I remember exactly where that one's on. Yeah, God damn it, Brad. So, um, I played that one on my radio show and <laughs> used that clip. Ah, oh my used God. that clip it's, on the show awesome. from you guys talking about. It's awesome, by the way, because we use that all the time. It's one of my favorite Iron Maiden clips. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Brad. All right. But, so this is uh yeah, this is part uh part uh five. And um he's about to I think he's about to leave, I think. Yeah, he's, he's pretty fed up with the system yeah. at this point. Oh even um, though the system kind of rules all at the end. Well and and this is like it's interesting because it brings in a part that like I don't think they've talked about yet about the elders, and that's that they left our planets long ago. The elder race still learns and or learn and grow, and their power grows with purpose strong to claim the home where they belong. And then, so so it, like it's the first time I think in the album they mentioned that like, oh, the elders went to fucking space, like, <laughs> you know, like it wasn't just like a war or whatever. They also like yeah. went off into like we abandoned the planet. Yeah, we hopped on and spaceship. apparently they're coming said, back. Screw this shit. We're so, not. yeah. Well, we came back because they saw they were successful after we left. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a, well, almost like a Battlestar oh. Galactica situation. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, well, I mean, that, yeah, that's all sorts of, yeah. Yeah, that's similar. And also <laughs> a little similar to the Mormon stuff. There's some outer space <laughs> stuff with the Mormons, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it is weird though that this is like the the fifth part, and this is the first time that they're mentioning that aspect to this. Mm. And he, you know, apparently everyone knows too. Apparently that's common knowledge. Like he didn't, um, it didn't seem like he had to get this information from the priests or anything. You know, like this is something that everyone knows apparently. But. Yeah, um, but they, a lot of this, a lot of this track is just kind of him. Uh, well, well, he's dreaming since he's like you know kind of in in um he's mm-hmm. 
engaged his creativity now. So he's kind of in this kind of journey of like expression and, you know, I'm sure is like, ex- you know, his mind is, um, you know, going any, all sorts of new directions, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things about like growing up, I think, uh, really when it comes down to it, like, I mean, well, you know, he says right at the end here, just think of what my life might be in a world like I have seen. I don't think I can carry on, carry on in this cold and empty life. You know, that his life has become meaningless. Oh yeah. Without, yeah. Without that's those at, things. That's on part six. Let me uh, play that clip. Part six. Part six is definitely not, definitely not the track that I keep on playing. Bro, just just play the track from the beginning, bro. <laughs> no, we'll do that for seven, all right? I already had that planned. We'll do it for seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, the 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 part that you read the the lyric for was from that uh, section six soliloquy, and okay. uh, it starts with, "I have not left this cave for days now. It has become my last refuge in my total despair." I have only the music of the waterfall to comfort me now. I can no longer live under the control of the Federation, but there is no other place to go. My last hope is that with my death, I may pass into the world of my dream and know peace at last. See, that just sounds very Star Warsy, which is funny because this, like, this was right before Star Wars, mm-hmm. and then after Star Wars, this became a norm for a long time. Well, this was. Uh... Oh, oh, wait, yeah, I guess this is. Shit, what year did Star Wars come out? This is what? 77. Oh, wow. And this was what, 76? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, people were really on a. Like, and Carl Sagan, I they think. They loved was, the sci fi. I was about to say, they Carl Sagan was a big thing, too, back then, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of. Well, you know, I guess after the moon, uh, after going to the moon, there was probably kind of a residual. The space uh, race, interest, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in space against the Reds. That was the biggest thing yeah. against, like, that was the biggest fight against anti-communism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we Which, gotta um, beat them in space. Rah! We gotta be number one. <laughs> yeah, number one in the space race. Numero uno. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, this is about him finally kind of like giving up, but like you know he's kind of uh, this one ends a little differently than the other story well it's not like he's he, given up but he's still like i mean just where am i just gonna go well that's kind of like the kind of give up that he's doing right now well okay so here's the difference in the ending between this and anthem so in anthem he just he, he gets in he falls in love with this girl called uh liberty um hold on her name's liberty five three thousand uh the main character's name is equality seven two five two one, and um, basically he he uh, runs away into the forest and he's depressed like in this song. But then that girl that he fell in love with finds him in the forest and they run away to this cottage that's from the previous civilization. And then they discover like a bunch of books and a bunch of knowledge and they call themselves uh, Prometheus and Gaia. And then they have a have a kid. So it's like it's a much more positive ending than this one um where it seems like he maybe committed suicide at the end. What do you guys think? Is that what you guys read in the lyric like cuz he says something at the end where like my lifeblood spills over. So 
don't know. I don't know if that means he killed himself. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to it's unpack a lot. here. A lot to unpack here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Where does it say that? The, it says uh, the, at the end, my spirits are low in the depths of despair. My lifeblood dot, dot, dot. Oh, over. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Um, but I think that, but I think that, okay. So I definitely understand what you're saying. Like he, it does definitely seem like his life is like, he feels like his life has come to an impasse where he wants to do something, but he doesn't know how to anymore. And that's kind of where the last verse comes in and you really just kind of feel defeat. So, okay. So, are you talking about, for the last verse, are you talking about verse two here? Like, think of my, what my life might have been in, uh, yeah. in the world. Like, and then, in like, his, like, like dream and world. then he says, my life spilled over, and then you get the last verse. Well, I was about to say, I so <sighs> what do you think of, uh, let me actually, so let me play this, uh, this clip. <clears throat> Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that was the, the, the finale. So do you guys think that, um, what do you, what do you think that that voice is at the end? I'm, I'm curious what, what other people think. I have, I have an idea, but I think it's literally the global federation, the universal federation. Mm -hmm. They have taken control and he's stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. So you think so you think it's like the um the society that he lives in already? Mhm. Mm like speaking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's been taken over. It's control is done. What about you Jake? What do you think? <clears throat> yeah, all planets of the solar federation. That's is that different than than what uh we were we were going through before? So here's the okay. Here's my theory, all right? So I'm thinking that maybe this is the elders coming back. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And, like, because I'm thinking that because, like, it kind of makes it more tragic that he just committed suicide. And then they return. And then they return. With being, so they that life that he would want. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I was thinking maybe is uh, what maybe the end is trying to, you know... So maybe the maybe the voices at the end are like the you know, I guess the we, don't, the we don't know. Saviors. We honestly don't know if they're good guys, but we know that the society that that was left behind and made by the meek isn't great either. So, um, you know, maybe they gone off into space and they found out that they you know couldn't find anything and they came back. But mm -hmm. but yeah, because so, like I noticed it says like attention all planets of the solar federation. So it's like saying attention right. to. The right. planets of the Solar Federation, right? So, yeah, what you, you that you, makes some sense actually, or is that just a communication? It could be. It could be. Um, 
I don't know. It could be them something as much as like a radio or like a phone call. I mean, yeah, you could look at it the opposite way. Like it is like them trying to take control of other places. Um, See, that's originally where I was going with it. Yeah. Like that's what it felt like to me. Like, oh, the Solar Federation now rules your planet as well. Just assimilate. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the message I heard. Oh, okay. So apparently, it's left deliberately ambiguous, and um, they they literally list those two scenarios as what okay. it could possibly be. Okay. So mm-hmm. it is either of those. Things. Good way to do it. But personally. I like I like it with uh, you know the the elders coming back right after he commits suicide. I think it's got like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing going. Yeah. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. I like to think oh, it's a much jump. more romantic way of doing it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's uh, that's how I prefer to think of it. Hey, so Bo Dids. Yeah. Before we move on, can we take that uh, a little break? A little break. There? I was about to say, like, there this is. Go. I mean, this is a perfect time to. I could use a I mean, Sega to piss. We got through. Uh, like, we rock, got so okay. A rock of piss time would be great. I was right about now. to say just yeah. uh, just a uh, 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 you know into the getting into the next part of the album though. The second, the second That's half why this of, is a good time to do it. Well, I was about to say, though, like, into... the first half is very conceptual, and then the second half is like almost a different album entirely. So we're going to get I into the second half. I kind of got that vibe half. from it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's maybe a few times they're maybe referencing back to some of these themes, but like for the most part, it's a completely, almost completely different work. Mm-hmm. So, it feels like it's um, moving on. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really interesting that they did it that way. It's not, you know, it's not done this way a lot, so... Um, when we come back, we'll be going on to side two, which has uh, five tracks of its own. So uh, we will be getting right into that, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Diggity dope. Diggity dope. The album concept hour. Welcome back, everybody, to the album concept hour. We have just finished side A of uh, Rush's 2112 and uh, broken down the uh, bigger themes in, hap- in, uh, in that, that first half. Now, the second half is uh, kind of co- a completely different album uh, on its own. So um, we'll just roll right into the track. It's called A Passage to Bangkok. And here we go. Ah, uh, yeah, I love this fucking tune. <laughs> so, um, it's all about the devil's all, lettuce. For all of any of those in the know, this is about that sticky icky. You know what I mean? That, uh, that, uh, the, the, the devil's lettuce, that, that, that Keefe machine. You know what I mean? This is about that. I'm picking up what you're that, that, that blueberry dream, guys. Um, this is about weed. This song's about weed, guys. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Yo, I don't know if I can be part of this podcast anymore now that we're talking about the sticky icky. I know, I know. You know it's illegal in some states? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yo, I can't get caught for this, Brad. Cheap. No, they, they can't. What are know, you trying to drag they me can't down? Know into? that we're listening to songs specifically so that's just about a, weed. Just a disclaimer the sticky icky or the devil's lettuce, the, 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 the hippies, whatever you want to call it, regardless, we don't condone Regardless. But yes. John Aker, <laughs> we don't condone any of it. 
No, of course not. Irregardless. Um, but uh, it is great, though, that it is just so ab- about that. You know what I mean? So obnoxious like, in your face it's about just, it. Yeah, yeah. To check Colombian fields, like uh, the natives smile and pass their yield. Sweet Jamaican pipe dreams. Golden Alcapulco nights. Morocco, the East. They even talk about, you know, Thailand Express because there's the Thai stick. You know, like it's because just <laughs> Thailand it, has some of the best marijuana in the world up there with Afghanistan and Mexico. I was Mexico. about to say, yep. It, it talks about Afghanistan because there's Afgan Kush. Gotta get, gotta um, get that black, that black Kush. Mm-hmm, that Kathmandu. You know, um, then you also have the Afghani hash, which is also mm-hmm. not something slept on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where and you then like you have the Mexican sense of Mia, uh-huh. yeah, the Mexican sense of Mia, which I wish they would have got to in this. Uh-huh. The point is, yeah, they only the stop for naturally the grown weed and drugs <laughs> are grown outside of the United States. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, Some of the stuff maybe, Colorado maybe is doing then. right no, now. No, no. We do that not naturally grow, Trevor. Ooh. A lot of the stuff that we've done is, is great. It's wonderful. But it is I'll give you that. Done. I'll give you that. Well, in America, know, we, I, I, we have we have the, the, the culture. It doesn't naturally grow, and it doesn't naturally grow potent in America. So I'll give you that. Well, and one thing that's different about the, like, I guess if we're going to get into actual weed culture is like back then, like it was really hard to get those specific strains from other places. Like it was a real specialty when you got some like strain from that was, had a name even. Which would make sense why rock stars would make a song about it first and foremost to let people out there know. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm, I, I have, I've been, I've, I've smoked the really good stuff, the, like the hey, stuff you, you have to go, you have right to thing. actually travel to smoke this, you know. You hippies out there, Man, right I don't care if you call it the Frankenstein. I don't care if you call it the Einstein. Just, <laughs> just, here's some money. Give me a bag of weed, man. <laughs> John Aker, are you quoting movies again? I well, you know, I do what I can. Is that from Grandma's Boy? <laughs> It's fucking boy. Thank you for noticing that. I was that. about to say that is like I'm not so I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but that is one of the greatest drug dealers in a movie ever. Fucking <laughs> sure. Dante. Oh my Dude. god. Just... So so me and me and me and Doctor Shakalu are outside. And we look oh, yeah, up. Yeah, right. We see the fucking king of the jungle staring back at us. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. So regardless, yeah. I mean, it's. Speaking of of getting ridiculously high, this next track is called The Twilight Zone. And it's a it's a good you know it's a good thing to do before you you know get into watching some Twilight Zone. So I had the question. Watch some Twilight Zone. I had the question: Were the two correlated? I think so. I'd like to think so. They are. Yeah, yeah. So here's the Twilight Zone. You have now entered the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone. I really think that they should they should like use this one for the new like Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. Agree. Mm. I haven't seen cool? it yet, but I've heard it's really good. I know I don't have that the CBS thing cool. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I want to watch it once it hits whatever streaming service that I own. 
So, Jake, when we were listening to this, you were dropping some mad Twilight Zone facts. Oh, yeah. you. Uh, yeah, yeah. You so there's two different stories that the first verse is about a specific episode or a specific episode. And the second verse is about another episode. Okay. So um, the first one is about an episode from 1961. And they there's a UFO and there's a, a diner in the story and footprints from the snow to the pond to a nearby diner. And then the bus is parked outside the cafe and inside the highway, the troopers find a cook behind the counter named Haley, the bus driver and his passengers. And then they go through all the passengers and everybody in there to, to see if they can find who is a who done it. Right. 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 Okay. I've definitely seen that one. That one's good. That was a, that's a famous yeah. one. Oh, yeah. The that other one, the other one, the people, they show up and, there uh there it's it's a call to to not drink and drive is the oh. message oh interesting that they're trying trying to okay uh say and so they show up and the, the guy doesn't know where he's like where they are and he's like oh i was fine and his wife's like well you drank a lot last night and he's like well you did too and who's gonna drive us and then like they 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 go around there's nobody in the town they're wondering what's going on and then they take a train it goes right back to the place where they started from and at the end they see a big shadow and it's a kid picking them up so they're they're in like a dollhouse wait <laughs> hold on what they're in a dollhouse in the end yeah the whole the whole time they've they were abducted by an alien, and then the mom says, play with your humans, like, gently. Dad got them all the way from Earth. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Cool. I like the Twilight that. Zone That's fucking awesome, people's man. minds since back in the day. Dude, hell yeah. Yeah, so, so the second verse back is about that one. Shit. Oh, shit. So... So the the verse that it says, you woke wake up in an, a lost, empty town, wondering why no one else is around. Look up to see a giant boy. It adds, actually is a girl. Oh. And it's dumb as brand new toy. No oh. escape. No no place to hide. See, that's why they did boy. I'm in that's space why they collide. Did, that's why they did boy. Because boy yeah. rhymes with toy. Right. You right. see, though, you, yeah. you know what's so great about that is that it shows a real cross-culture like for for Canada and America, which has has been very prevalent in Wait, the last fifty. Twilight years. Zone Canadian. You know? Was Twilight Zone Canadian? I don't think so. Oh. It is the middle ground between um, light and shadow, between science and superstition. It says American. <laughs> that was awesome, dude. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Shoot it up! I was waiting for everything. Well, no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, guys. Um, so anyways but but uh, they they dedicated their the next album or i can't i read it earlier but one of the albums to rod sterling oh wow that's that's really cool so they had a big he had a big impact on them i mean it, it i can see it in their music like i mean it's a very um i don't know there's a lot of like sci fi parts here and there 
Like, I mean, the way that he just writes Just think his about lyrics. the beginning of this album. Well, yeah, but yeah. The first, yeah. like, two minutes of this album is very, like, yeah, yeah. Very out there. Yeah. Well, and it's, pro- it's prog rock, so it's, like, really, pro- mm-hmm. you know, they're trying to do experimental stuff and uh, do some weird sounds. Some um, weird and wild stuff. Weird and wacky wild stuff. Um, but this, uh, this next song actually reminded a couple of us of, uh, a Led Zeppelin song. A certain tune. A certain, certain Led Zeppelin there, tune. Hey. Um, this track is called, uh, Lessons. Sorry, I paused it prematurely. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, I love that. Like, I'll teach what I've been taught, and I've been taught. You know, he's like, I'll show you what I've been taught, guys. Like, I've been taught a lot of cool stuff. You know, stuff you ain't been taught in your wildest stuff, dreams. Stuff you never heard about. Um, I think this kind of this one kind of goes a little bit to the themes of twenty one twelve in the sense that he's like trying to, um you know share his knowledge with the people around him you know throwing a shout out yeah yeah and and um in a more um uh what's the word i'm looking for not aggressive but uh confident a more confident way than like the character from 2112 you know like the character from 2112 like he does like the stuff that he does but then he like feels he he still feels like a fuck up in the end this is like a character that like is like anti-authority, but like doesn't give a fuck what authority thinks of him. You know, I'm probably thinking too much into this. Um, I but... mean, I don't know. <laughs> Going off that, I mean, like, who knows? Maybe he left writings for the ones before. I mean, he found stuff. So, I mean, it's not to say that it couldn't happen again. Yeah, maybe. It's the second half of the story, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is. After, um... I mean. This is also the uh, uh, one of the only Rush songs uh, written uh, lyrics written by the guitarist uh, Alex Lifeson. So the the lyrics are actually not written by um, you know the normal um, what was that? I think Neil Neil Peart and Getty Lee write a lot of the lyrics. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's cool. He's kind of it's like him kind of like taking doing his take on that kind of message you know because like i mean i'm sure like he probably gets lost in the fold when it comes to like lyric writing compared to the other two guys you know well i i think like the last time we we did this for the um wings album yeah we talked about how the guitar player kind of sat back and let uh, let everybody else do everything and can, uh-huh. and kind of filled in and went off and did his his work on the guitar and then yeah and most I mean it was Paul McCartney but still uh-huh. I mean yeah yeah like you at some point you want to uh, put some of yourself in the music you're making you know yeah so yeah I think that that's what like it seems like the second part of this album is kind of them. Um, kind of letting each other uh breathe and do their own thing a little more because i think there is another song on this tr- album that is um 
is like a I think it's written just by Getty Lee maybe um I forget uh hey, hey Bo Diggs. uh says music Lee for something for nothing the last one is just it just says Lee in here at least and then okay. tears is tears is just Lee yeah okay okay yeah what were you saying John um that last song that the chopsticks part was in oh <laughs> Uh yes, it was the one about weed that had the da 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 da, da, da which was like I gotta uh, bring was, that up. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was gonna bring it up during that track, but um yeah, it was like it's everyone's probably heard that before. Everyone's like, heard that. It's like it's some form or another. It's, it's like this Asian it stereotype soundbite thing. It's like yeah um but yeah that's at the beginning of uh track two um the one that's all about weed um yeah <laughs> yeah last uh we, we i was gonna say the score there was that one part where they were, they were in an asian restaurant that was mm-hmm. uh questionable at yeah. points um <laughs> but great uh, album by the way the oh, score. oh my Listen god i've been listening oh, yeah that's become one of my favorites um but yeah, so uh, I don't know, you know, a whole lot about what he's trying to say in this besides just like, you know, I I need to be heard. You know, I'm, you know, he, he just seems like he's going against the system and he, you know, needs to, needs people to listen to him, I guess. Yeah, apparently for him, mm-hmm. for Alex Lifes and the process of songwriters more seldom and spontaneous in comparison to dedicating time to write rehearse and scrap parts that do not work so mm-hmm. it's more of a spontaneous song apparently i could see that like i could see him writing this all in like you know one short go you mm-hmm. know? yeah I, I i like i i haven't written like a, a lot of songs but um of the few songs i've written one of them I wrote in like 30 minutes because like the inspiration was just there, you know? Sure. Um, but like all the other ones that I made were like, you know, painstaking, you know, four or five hour endeavors just trying to write down lyrics or whatever to my chords, you know? But um, yeah, when you when you write a song all in one go like that, though, it's a it's like a different, I don't know, it's a different kind of uh, feeling. Energy. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like, yeah, it, it really, um, it's a very continuous, it's pure, energy. it's it's pure. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not letting life bog you down with stuff. You're just getting it all out, you know, as fast as you can, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, it's a great way to, to, for this, uh, you know, member of the band to get his, you know, get his word out. So I'm sure he was really thrilled to, um, have that on the album. Um, any other any other thoughts on that track before we move on? No. All right. I don't well, think um, so. the next uh, no, the next track, track here is uh, Tears, and it is track five. Oh yeah. I really enjoyed that one. 
was uh, really it's really soft and um intimate you know i gotta say yeah like this was definitely what probably my favorite song from this whole album just because like it was very melancholy but yeah it was soft and like kind of like it almost spoke to the listener but like this was definitely probably my favorite song from this whole album yeah it's it's a it's a ballad kind of you know it's, it's definitely something ballad. that's trying to get yeah, the that's old what, tearjerker yeah. Giddy yeah. Lee said it's a romantic ballad to give the album more variety and depth and then Mellotrons are very unique sounding they are sort of electric but also kind of stringy and they have this resiny sound of them which is very cool and unique to that period oh is that like the what was playing in the clip that we yeah just, oh yep. okay so that's not a guitar no and Hugh wow. Syme is wow. playing it which who, who uh, is that? Can you he's a Juno award-winning graphic artist and member of the premier artist collection. Uh, oh, wow. He worked as the rush art director. Okay. As well. That's oh. fucking interesting. It's yeah. really cool that they involved him uh, with something yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Was he uh was he a, a a big name at this point in his career or was this something that like, uh, uh, I think Rush... this was the this is the beginning because it lists okay. for his notable work it lists Rush Art Direction then it goes to Iron Maiden oh. uh, the X Factor and then no Dream shit. Theater Dream Theater Megadeth and then Countdown to Extinction oh shit dude yo am... because a few songs I got some Megadeths and Iron Ma- Iron Maiden va- uh, vibes. You did too, yeah. Brad. I, yeah, I was gonna say I did too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Iron sh- Other bands he's done artwork for include all those sticks as well, uh, Aerosmith and Queensryche, White Snake. So no, nope. had, had his okay. hands in a lot of different ones. Yeah, yeah. That he's, makes a lot of fucking sense. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. This guy's uh this guy's a real. Uh, yeah, aficionado. no shit. So because, wait, hey, Mellotron. Oh, that's the thing you were talking about, the the instrument. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's mostly a graphic artist, but he played the Mellotron on the Apparently this? did that, yeah. Okay. That's really cool. No yeah. shit. I love it when they, they involve like uh uh close friends or family on uh tracks, you know? Because it really does, I think, help in this, you know, in the studio. Well, it adds to the, it adds the emotion of it. Yeah, the, and that always helps sell music. Yeah, I always think that's, um, you know, a cool, cool move. Um, but yeah, what is this? Um, this is one that is, uh, let's see, written by Getty Lee. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it says here it's one of the few that's written by Getty Lee. So I guess he's not. I don't know a whole lot about uh, Rush uh, myself, but um, apparently he doesn't write a lot of the lyrics. But Neil Peart, I think, yeah, that's what makes me think. Neil like, this, Neil, Neil Peart was half, he, he wrote a lot of lyrics yeah. for the band. Yeah, that's what makes me think. Like the second half is really like space for them all to, um, you know, show their individual creativity. You know, um, yeah. Without Neil Peart being this song, uh, really was like just to like get kind of to your uh, to your straight core, you know. Yeah, even yeah. the lyrics I've been reading some of them. They mm-hmm. they really like it's 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 just trying to like d- dig into the heartstrings, you know. Yeah, and it's not it's not really. I mean, it's um, 
it's it's deep in its own way, but I mean, it's not mm-hmm. very complex. It's more just about no. just basic sadness. It's 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 just... very it's very raw. It's very real. Yeah, um, really straightforward. I really like. Mm-hmm. I really like the chorus though. Uh, what would touch me deeper? Tears that fall from eyes that only cry. Would it touch you deeper than tears that fall from eyes that know why? So I think it's kind of uh, maybe um, explaining the difference between like people that are crying over what's happening in their life versus people that are crying over what's happening in like society at large, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, um, very, that, uh, they're both, they're both very, very representative of, uh, what we're going through right now with yeah, COVID. Yeah. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's like people are dealing with, uh, their own grief in different ways. And I think that's maybe one of the, you know, sub points of this mm-hmm. song, you know? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it, it's a nice one. It's a nice uh, it's a nice like 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 um change of pace for the rest of the album. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm glad that it's it's included. Um, because otherwise it would be kind of like mostly nonstop, just like energy, which is fine. But well, that's not necessarily true. You, you, with, with the one track that we included. Uh, that was kind of repeated throughout the first song, but oh well, well, saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's a whole. It's like a musical or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they ever do a? Anyways. Did they ever do a, a movie or musical of Twenty One Twelve? Does anyone know? I don't think so. Hmm. Not what I've. I haven't seen anything from that. Is there any? Uh, any does, does Rush have any movie or musical? I no. don't. I don't know, but. Uh, it's really just the who that capitalized on Man. that. You'd think that uh, Rush thought, would have oh, one. And, 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 uh, and, um, I take that Pink back. Floyd. I thought there was a Rush movie. Let me, let me check. So. Let me see Rush movie. Hold on. I got to Google that. What, yeah, now that, we're, now that we're thinking. Um, I swore there was. Well, there was a biographical film about a Formula One driver. Yeah, I saw that. That was a pretty good um, movie. There's also. <laughs> That's not it. There's also that one uh, October Rush movie that's about the, the kid learns to play guitar. Rush R40 Live. That was that's the 40th anniversary of the band. Okay. I've seen yeah. that advertised, but documentary musical. Man, you that would be a great movie though. I think. Yeah. 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 They could have like a, their own The Wall, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they will before they're done. Are they still? They're still doing stuff, right? Well, Neil Pert died last oh, year. Oh wait, that's oh sorry. Right? I, I so probably. I mean, if too soon. because he was the lifeblood of the band. Yeah. So Brad, were you talking oh, about the so biography? <laughs> What's up, Brad? Were you talking about Rush beyond the beyond the lighted stage for the biography? No, no, I was, I was just postulating basically that it would be really cool if there was a rush music. it looks like it it looks like in 2010 they did get actually a movie slash biography that might have gone to theaters okay 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 nice nice i'll have to look into that so yeah mm. uh yeah and apparently getty lee and uh, so it was a biography a lot of the people were playing themselves so i mean I'm not entirely sure, but I wasn't sure if that's what you were talking about. But this, this, this one, like a... this 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 movie, probably it's a documentary. Most mostly, I think it just 
they probably take a bunch of clips and then they i think like it t- talks about how jack black is such a big fan uh, south, south park creator matt stone they all uh it's musician billy corgan as well okay okay so fashion pumpkins yeah but there's a lot of lot of things that you can learn through movie. I the Tom Petty and Heartbreakers one I love, and the Eagles documentary so good, and you learn so much through the through movies like this. Yeah, no, there's there are some really great music documentaries out there. Um, I can't remember the one right now. Classic there's, albums. There's a one it's guy one that like he 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 goes from like the 50s onward, like just making like some of the best like hits um, ever. Um, but can't remember the name of it. Um, this next, you guys ready to go on to the next song though? Final the last fi- track, final track yeah. here. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this song is called "Something for Nothing." And chicks for free. (laughs) And um yeah, it's the last track. What you own is your own kingdom. Probably my favorite lyrics in the album, if I'm being honest. Oh, absolutely! Just, uh, you can see Jack Black singing that. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely! Like, uh, it's just it's. And so, maybe like, he did even in uh, in that school of rock movie. Maybe he well, did. You know, I don't know. I'm sure he has in his shower countless times. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, like, dude, <laughs> Jake. We have listened to like three albums that I have. Like, this is the third now. We have literally listened to three albums that I, when I hear Jack Black in my head, <laughs> you know, now I, I hear these albums. I almost yeah. feel like and we it's should... just like, oh, now I know what he listened to. Right. <laughs> we should probably right. do Tenacious D at some point. Like the, 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 yeah, the, the first album. Do Tenacious, oh, we should do Tenacious D. D and the movie. Well, we'll start with the first one, but like that, because like, I mean, no, they no, are, because Jack there, Black, there's like, the movie. There, there's, I know, there's, I know, uh, but, what, but we can't do every single was, one. Uh, What's the one where he was the the teacher? Um, School of Rock. School of Rock. School yeah, of yeah, Rock. Yeah. Oh, we have to cover that one too. Oh, if you want to, that's the class I want to take. If you want to have a, if you want to, um, like have your mind blown a little bit, look up on Google Image Search the uh, the uh, green board for School of Rock or like the the blackboard. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he does this like thing in the School of Rock that has history of rock. the history of rock, and yeah. it is it is legitimately a graph of like the progression of rock music, like accurately, and it's like really really cool so, that they involve that in that movie. So epic. Yeah. So when so at, when I was student teaching, one of the days that I got to do, like the the teacher I was working with, he's like, "You should just do a lesson that you want to talk about. You like you love music." You should just go through the history of music. That's a great so, teacher, by so, the way. so on a, it was a Friday, and it was like you know Fridays when you're teaching, you have to be very careful of what what you're doing because the kids have pretty much already checked out. And <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it was Good a point. Friday, and I can't remember what we were doing, what unit we were in, but we had a, we had done a test the previous day, and it was like I did oh, a whole yeah, history totally of rock and out. roll type of thing, and it was well, that. 
just like that it was it's it was a blast so nice that's awesome. nice that's awesome dude yeah no that that is and that's just, the best and just like john and i were talking about i mean like we get distracted by those those dumb facebook videos where like kids react to like 90s stuff like stuff that we grew up on which i mean like pre, hurts pre a little internet. bit <laughs> it hurts a little yeah. bit then but i mean watch like, them beat like dicks about it back in the age oh, of but i mean like it's still i mean cool i mean see them react to, like say blink 182 or something where we're like hell yeah like super angsty and then like you see them like oh yeah i've heard them they're like you know that really old band i mean like it hurts a little but i mean it's still kind of cool. well then and then they'll be like oh yeah they sound like this band and you're just like no they yeah. inspired that band. Not to get yeah, but I mean, screw I mean, you. Not to get they're too... naive, but it's still like real's got to recognize real. Like I gotta <laughs> appreciate it. The fact that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I mean, like this is kind of cool. No, I know. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the way it is. You know, kids like you know, why should they care about what we cared about in high school? Exactly. You know? Yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, if you want, if you're, if you are, uh, uh, you know, in your mid twenties to mid thirties, and you want to get depressed. Watch the latest Blink-182 music video out there. It is it's kind of sad. Ooh, I don't um, know if I'm ready for it. Yeah, they're they're in a they're they're playing in front of a bunch of middle schoolers and they're like the middle schoolers like doing like that floss dance and stuff and like Ooh. it's just and hold on, it's hold just, on, Jake. I'm I'm here. Yeah, I tried to turn on my uh, I tried to turn on my video. Mm. And yeah. it didn't work. So as you're still alas, here, alas, it does not work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what is this? Uh, what is this last track about, guys? Something for nothing is a song about free will and decision making. Regarding the song, Pert states, "All those peons to American restlessness and American road, uh, the American road carried a." Uh, tinge of wistfulness and acknowledgement of the hardships of the vagrant life and the notion that wanderlust could be involuntary exile as much as freedom and indeed the understanding that freedom wasn't free in the 70s the band was driving to a show in downtown los angeles at the shine auditorium and it says i noticed which i'm thinking was still pert he noticed some graffiti spattered along a wall freedom isn't free and i i adapted for uh that for the song uh on this album oh so this is the kind of when that phrase freedom isn't free was like a newer phrase right okay so this is before that phrase was bastardized (laughs) essentially i would i would agree with that statement yeah yeah because usually when i hear freedom isn't free it's from people that are trying to inflict their freedom on my freedom shall we Mm -hmm. say (laughs) Shall we say Randy Travis fans? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Randy Travis was. I, I wouldn't go with Randy Travis so much as um, <laughs> his name, uh, the, the bulldog guy. <laughs> we'll put a boot in your ass. Toby uh, Keith. Toby Keith. There we go. Toby. Yeah, but I've heard Toby Keith isn't really like truth. He just is playing up his act because he knows he can get those guys to buy his albums. I, I mean, I, it does, it did but, seem like he was cashing in on nine 11 there. So yeah. Yeah. I can that. <laughs> Let's not bring that into any of this, but I mean, uh, 
we we talked about it briefly on the uh, the American Idiot episode just because you know it, it was along. Well, I think we talked about it on the Dixie Chicks episode. Well, it's yeah, I heard that's I heard connected that. to yeah. Yeah. you know. It, well, yeah, it all, is what it is. yeah, everything that happened in like just post nine eleven is like kind of weirdly connected. Um, but I like that the message though it kind of goes of this song kind of goes back to the overall message that twenty one twelve makes. You know, um, which is kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, do your own thing, live your own story, like, you know, like follow your creative impulses. Um, Final but note. You still got to put the effort into it. You don't oh, get something that's for true, nothing. That's true. Yeah. You cause... can't have freedom for free. Uh huh. Not, you don't get something for nothing. You can't have freedom for free, man. A final let it note. Guide you along, let your heart be the anchor. And the beat of your own song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is weird because it's like kind of uh, the when he, he mentions the, um, you know, you won't get wise with, while sleep was still in your eyes, no matter what your dreams might be. It almost seems like it's a dig at the character in 2112 who's like has a whole song about dreams and how important dreams are to him. But in the end, that guy like, commit suicide i guess um, but you know it's it it really is it it really makes a good separation because when when we're in our kind of world it's easy to drink it's easy to have those kinds mm-hmm. of dreams, and it's just as easy to dismiss those kinds of dreams uh-huh whereas when you're in the kind of world that the person before was in dreams were kind of everything like when you That's had true. a dream and yeah. you believed in it enough it's different contexts it yeah. changed people's way of thinking it, it it could it could change you know it definitely changed your way of thinking mm-hmm. and it could really just like make things explode in a certain way you know yeah i could see that like it's it's um it's not necessarily a dig as much as like they he's like reframing that it's a whole perspective on a coin in my opinion uh-huh yeah it, well this is like someone that like you know maybe if the main character was able to like self-actualize and mm-hmm. like stuff instead of being stuck in that society mm-hmm. this is what he would have become you know like because you know he's it's about it's all about like this is like a real killer mike kind of uh uh song to me because killer mike is all about like kill your masters and like you know don't fucking you know, killer mike my guy don't like oh, don't like what a you know fucking, don't bow what down a reference oh i love killer mike and he's like all about like not oh. bowing down to the powers that be and like you know fuck kings and queens and stuff you know Killer Mike is all about um, about that, and uh... yo, you've definitely given me a lot of lot to chew on about like equating like you know because I mean again, still I'm from a different generation, but equating that on the fact of like Trevor's a couple Killer, years younger than us. I mean, like yeah. putting Killer Mike on the level of like Russian stuff. I mean, like he gave me a little bit to sit on with that one. I mean, like I'm not gonna lie because Killer Mike is a big fan of uh, metal music. Actually, Killer Mike and LP are I'm both not metal gonna fans. Lie, you gave me a little yeah. bit to sit on because I mean, like, yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I just learned that recently, but they're like they're like Killer Mike. Apparently, like he early in his life, like his uh, I think his dad maybe introduced him to metal music. No um, doubt. So like, yeah, he like has he has an appreciation for 
really good like hard like fucking rock music yo and so, i mean like because i was yeah. explaining it to one of my friends the other day of how like back in the day like system of a down the dixie chicks and rage against the machine had like a lot more in common than anyone would have expected because i mean like they were all extremely anti-bush they really disliked bush um system of a down got a ton of backlash from a lot of the songs they were releasing around the time of 9-11 and so did the dixie chicks because they were disparaging against what bush was doing and then Uh again followed up by rage against the machine which i mean obviously they were Oh, very yeah. no. political they were and never very anti-push so i mean like yeah and again i mean like it all stands to reason that like i mean like but wow like dang dude yeah yeah it, it, like the the it's really cool like that period in particular that we've covered on the For podcast sure. that like there's so many like connections and correlations between some of the things that they're discussing i think that's probably it probably feels the same way for people that like grew up in the uh like nixon and reagan era because there's probably a lot of references in those songs that like yeah maybe we're mm-hmm. not getting as much because we didn't grow up with those uh you know people and I mean, we, didn't, we didn't hear them as regularly as well maybe i mean like yeah, i definitely yeah. agree but like dang. yeah 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 um but yeah it's, it's any really... final thoughts jake oh yeah i was about to say jake uh any thoughts on this song or the um, album um well i was just gonna say ohio by crosby stills nash and young is a i mean it's specifically towards the the riding at kent state but not really calling out i mean nixon kind of but yeah yeah for sure okay yeah oh no dude that's a great song well yeah and there's um i feel like there's uh, a lot of like uh there's certain like vietnam songs that are like yeah there's a ton yeah yeah that yeah. like this song's about vietnam and you know we all understand this you know it's just like it's kind of weird that you can kind of hear echoes from the past in all of these songs and that they traveled through so well i think it's one of the beautiful things about music in general i think that's why i think it's one of um you know the great kind of um things that we can share with one another cuz like it's such an it, it's such an easy way to um pass along a message you know yeah um, it's 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 even easier i think than just straight up um you know oral history um because it creates a beat and a and a, and a melody that can help you remember mm-hmm. um that knowledge so well i i i sorry to bring this back to oh yeah my, to teaching yeah, but when I got to do uh, that was the first year when I was a student teacher, and then for like a couple more years after that, I got to teach. I did a whole, I did a thing on Vietnam. Uh, the kids all took a song and then they dissected the song and the lyrics and saw yeah. it like fr- coming from Vietnam veterans. They looked at these songs as anthems to the Vietnam War and Clearwater. Oh, yeah. Oh, like like it's, glorification. You mean, kind of. Yeah. Well, like so, Ohio obviously, or or the songs from CCR directly, like Fortunate Son, directed directly towards it. But like uh-huh. Chain of Fools by Aretha Franklin, uh-huh. the animals we got to get out of this place. Uh-huh. All those were songs that weren't weren't like written for that purpose, but they're using it as an anthem. 
Well, and if, I'm not, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I thought Fortunate Sons was written on uh, draft dodging because a certain governor of a state son was allowed to miss being uh, drafted for the Vietnam War Wait. because right. he is was that a governor's about, son. Is that about George W.? I don't know if it's about George <laughs> W., but it was a fortunate son because you hear them uh, saying in the lyrics for CCR. Well, that you know, actually, about... I, you know, the, I, I guarantee that was like there was more than just like George W. doing that. It was probably a lot of like rich. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that our current our current guy, what... we got we got in charge right right now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of them. No, too, that, so, that one guy. Yeah, I'm sure it was that like, one guy more... that's making all those decisions for us. Eh? Yeah. But I mean, nonetheless, like Credence was bringing that to light because yeah. they saw that you know they saw an individual that was exempt from a certain thing that mm. no american uh-huh. otherwise was and well yeah I mean, while their even, friends are going over and like dying well, they, and, they, yeah. and the other they had to known, do it. both of the lead singers had to do a, a tour and yeah. other little known fact <laughs> they both did uh, a tour. and this other this guitarist that a little known fact um jimmy fucking hendrix also i believe served his time in the u.s military during vietnam as well yeah the paratroopers mm-hmm. yeah oh god if yeah, i'm not yeah. mistaken he served his time Damn. true story that's messed up he just but started I, wa- he at the end he started just wandering and then they <laughs> discharged him <laughs> He was I mean, there, like, there was a there's a Hendrix documentary that's on Amazon Prime and, and all, his sister just said yeah he was just wandering off like I mean like, near the jungle gonna, and like they ju- they said you better go home or you are going to get hurt like like how are you going to control yeah. that human individual yeah. I mean like that force of like a human being like how are you going to control that Yeah right So anyways Jimmy yeah. The the, I'm, uh, sure, I'm sure that uh, this week. Yeah, I was about to say I'm sure that uh, um, <laughs> freaking what's the name from Reds will be thrilled. Ryan from Reds will be thrilled that we're talking about Jimmy. <laughs> um, oh, Shasky, Shasky will be super thrilled. Yes, that we're talking yes. bad about, about about his man. Oh, oh it's not, not bad. I mean, I don't blame him bad, for you know. It's just you're talking about him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to, anyway, we'll have to well, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't, I don't know if Jimmy has a concept album, does he? No, eh. I mean, Jimmy I mean, Hendrix experience. There is no official. Eh, I, I think know. Jimmy Hendrix only made like music for what, like three years out of his life. It's an, it's an amazing Before, amount of music that like exists that. for Jimmy Hendrix, considering he didn't for release that much. Extremely short amount yeah. of time. Yeah. Well, wow. as, as a featured artist, like he, I think before yeah. he got drafted, he was like a. Uh, guitarist in a band in C- in the Seattle area. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I know that but, for okay. a while there, like, and I don't know if that was before or after he was drafted, but he was a part of Cream. Well, I don't know if he was a part of Cream, but I mean, like, he, I, I feel, I, was I never a part of Cream. I think that he just, Cream always he, he, just he was just Which good story friends. was it? I think no, he was good friends it with uh, the Cream guys, right? Like, they, they like, knew each other, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Jimmy got like really blew up in the UK and then he yeah. met those guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And weirdly, Jimmy mm-hmm. is kind of part of the British invasion, right? Yeah. Well, like, like he's American and all those, but like he went to British guys. Yeah. 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 It's cool how that happens sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, especially you know, with Liverpool there, you know, being similar to what happened in like Japan that we've talked about, like you know, the our you know American culture getting in through the the uh, the American bases there, you know, 
Um, but yeah, no, it was a great time. Um, but yeah, we've gotten to the end of this uh, Rush album. I'm really, I really enjoyed <laughs> it, and uh, I'm not really, I don't really listen to a whole lot of Rush. I've heard like the singles, and um, you know, I've heard Today's Tom Sawyer, Mean Mean Strike. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I, 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 I like the, I like the singles, you know. Um, so uh, I oh, feel yeah, like sure. this makes me want to kind of go back and go through um, like step by step, kind of like what I've been doing with Iron Maiden, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you can listen to this album and pick out new things in every song every time you listen to it, like, mm-hmm. like you could listen to the bass playing by Getty Lee, and just that's oh. all you could li- you're gonna listen for. And then the next time you listen, you can listen for something else, and every time you're finding something else different about about the songs and like, and I'm not like I, when I've, I've, I listened to it probably three or four times in the last couple of days. And mm-hmm. I didn't even get to looking at the lyrics to understand the lyrics until right before we started doing this. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were just absorbing all of the musical elements. Right. Which is definitely what I do first. Yeah. You know? Okay. okay. Yeah. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, there is a lot of, like, it's great production, um, especially for, you know, mid seventies. Like this is, you know, very good production. There must've been a yeah. real jump in the mid seventies, man. Cause like, it seems like 75 and on, like, it's like a different, it's like a different thing almost. And it looked like they recorded this in like a month. It said February of 1976. Oh, wow. The shortest. So, month. and then it was released uh... in March it says March or April first, but like it says recorded I'm... February of nineteen seventy six. I still don't know how like that. That's a disputed fact. I mean, you think that? Yeah, no, hey, because I well, saw that. Where it was you like... know what? Honestly, um, the way that King Gizzard has been making music lately, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I could see, I could see Rush doing that. They seem to have a similar kind of like drive, you know. It says across four weeks at Toronto Sound yeah. Studios. Yep, yep. A lot of it's just it's amazing that this actually it actually happened because a lot of those, like your first album you put out, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, like the their first album they produced in like three days. And a lot of times after that first album, since you've had that like build up to release that album, all those years of working together, presumably, uh-huh. you have that much time to put it together. But when you're you're touring and then you're you're putting out albums for for it to be a month to to do this well yeah not to mention yeah. this is their fourth album too it's a lot right. of, it's a lot of mm-hmm. it's, it's like a lot of hard work on the road to make sure dude they, it really it really yeah. depends upon the kind of album you're releasing as far as i'm concerned because well and i think these guys you, are you can make something in two days that sounds great and then sometimes it takes 12 months well i think these guys are really meticulous dudes you know they seem like people they seem like they're very very like everything's very intentional and um you know i I think that's like something about prog rock that is a thing like you know they're everyone in prog rock seems to be like more gung-ho about the craft of the music aspect more definitely lyrics you know the lyrics are almost like uh uh, a secondary aspect to it because they have to to stay relevant. But at um, the same time, the lyrics—if you, lyrics you're reading the, reading the lyrics separately—they look like a poem. Yeah, they. I yes. mean, you would oh, never you story. would never know. Yeah. yeah. 
Kind of like Iron Maiden. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. why they kind of are similar in that way. Sure. Because, um, yeah, each each song is like a story. Um, and they had those liner notes that we read, which are, you know, really helped with, uh, you know, um, contextualizing what's happening in the song itself. I've never, I, I'm sure the album notes are really cool for this album. I've never actually like held it and seen the yeah, album. Yeah, I looked and I thought I might have had it and I don't. Oh, but damn. I have so much Ario Speedwagon from my parents and my parent, my one of my parents' <laughs> friends gave me his collection and it's just dumb. Yeah, just <laughs> I don't too, like too much. I don't like Ario Speedwagon that much. I'd much rather have a bunch of Rush. <laughs> you know, oh, shit. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure that I have Rush 2112 in my basement now that we talked yeah. about it because I'm holding on to some Rush albums for a friend. And I wasn't. I'm. I've never been a big Rush fan, so I don't really spin those very often. So this would be the perfect <laughs> album now, to play. Now I'm gonna like so. dust, dust those off, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this out. This what's going on here? Um. All right, bro. But yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, though, uh, we like to do a little section. Well, you guys know everyone. It's not a surprise to anyone. You guys are like, you know, repeat guests. But uh, what have you guys been listening to lately? Um, let's start. Uh, you know, I usually start with John. I'm going to start with Jake today. We're going to start with our guests. Um, to lately, well, Jake. since I'm producing my radio show every day under the covers, under uh, the covers. It's, been a, it's been a lot of listening to my own radio show and producing That's and, fair. and pumping that out. That is... Uh, yeah, I completely understand. That makes that. a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and, and one, and I might even say, like, I'm almost not even listening, making sure that everything's clean. I'm not even listening when I'm putting it together. And then when I'm, I like listen to it on the radio, and then I hear everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good song. So, um, "Lovely Day" uh, by Bill Withers. That's, that's one that I. That's cool. one specifically that I. Um, yeah. I've been listening good, to, and then uh, a Dwight Yoakam song that he covered, uh, "Heartaches by the Number." I don't know. That's okay. Those are the the few, but um, and but yeah. um, for the people at home, what uh, time is your uh, radio show stuff usually airing? So Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, it's been on from ten a.m. to noon. Mm-hmm. Wednesday mornings, it's been on uh, since. Well, it's been on that time frame pretty much for the last seven years mm-hmm. seven or eight years from six to eight a.m yeah and then on saturdays and sundays from two to four p.m is okay. what it's been airing nice nice so, so yeah anyone um anyone listening that's a, a local go to 917 um WSUM, actually right? probably not no? 91.7 no uh, oh, you could listen to it you could obviously listen to it on 91.7 wsum or WSUM.org, or on the TuneIn Radio app. But okay, because of this, it's fre- frequently changing. I get the notice from the program director, and then he s- sends me when the show's going to air. And it's been those times, okay. but the Facebook page, my Facebook page, Under the Covers with Jake the Snake Foster, is specifically where you would see my posts for the show times. Okay, yeah. Everyone, everyone go check out that Facebook page. Um, like it. Don't give me the know, real times. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is uh, if you're if you're from like the Madison area, man, like you 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 gotta like this shit. You gotta support your local local art, all right? 
You should um, always support like local radio. Yeah, no, and for real. We and you you see you sometimes hear. I mean, you hear uh, Brad. You hear you and John. Your promo. I think I play That's it right. almost every day. Oh, and thank then you. thank uh, you so much. I by also the way. I also you, play. Um, I also have portions of the show. Like I had a portion of the Iron Maiden show. I did the the portion of the the Wings album we did. Um, and then whenever it kind of crosses over into the show, uh, my show and what you guys have done, I'm going to continue to ask for clips. We so. love each other. Thank you so much. That's the yeah. Point, man. Yeah. yeah. It's Thank really, you so it's much. It's really great here. We'll support you. Like it's, you support us. It's great. Us. It, yeah. great. Yep. yep. God I mean, bless you. Bob, God bless Bob you. Marley, quote Bob Marley, one love, right? One That's love. Right. Damn exactly. right. Exactly. One love, right? That's awesome. What about you, Trevor? What have you been uh, jamming on uh, recently as far as music or whatever? Oh, Brad, Brad, I got to thank you. Um, I listened to the new Thundercat album. Thought yeah. it was absolutely thought it was dope because that was one of the most like immersive albums like in the thoughts of like it flowed so freely and easily yeah. like from one song to the next and i was like this is just overall just really really well done so like smooth. so I, I i listened to that from start to finish thought it was dope did you uh, see great uh, suggestion. did you see the music video for dragon ball do rag i did not but i saw like a Look portion up the of the music it. video it's so okay. funny it's really great uh, yeah, I'll sit down and watch it because I, I, I'm a big Thundercat fan. The fact that he's uh-huh. kind of throwing it back to like old school funk, like I really oh, like. He's so uh, Jake. Have you heard Thundercat at all? Maybe a little bit. I recommend. Maybe a little bit. I recommend you you look him yeah. up on Spotify. Check out a few of his last couple of albums. It's really funky, kind of old. Uh, awesome, old school yeah, kind of. It's definitely dope. It's like real. It's almost jazzy too. You know. Um, yeah, wow, sure. great musicianship. Yeah, cool. Um, I, so I was I was listening to that. I've also uh, I was listening to Gucci Mane's album and oh, also tight. Weldon. Yeah, yeah, a little Gucci Mane. Um, also Weldon Irvin. Um, okay. I've been listening to some of his albums. So uh, he has like a fairly new one um, called My Morning Sun or sorry M- Morning Sunrise, and um, okay. I've been liking that one a lot. But he's also had some older albums too, which I really like as well. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, what about you, John? What have you been uh, jamming on these days? Well, so uh, to bond with my old daddy I've been watching a lot of the, uh, it's called The Last Dance. Oh, The Last and Dance. it's about the, yep. the 90s bulls. You know, I still More need to watch less, that. Like, there, there, there's a lot of other parts that are added yeah. to it as well. But for the most part, it's about the 90s bulls. Mm-hmm. MJ. Mm-hmm. all that good stuff i need to watch that really bad like i i was a big fan dude it's it's, it's good it's, yeah it's a very it's a very good series yeah so, I, I mean do they I, go I do they go into mj's flu game at all or i mean like do they cover that like his whole career what's that about it's it's literally about his career with the bulls did you cry i would have <laughs> a, a little bit a little bit <laughs> But, you know. So it's supposed supposed to be because I haven't seen it. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but I listened to Dan Lebetard show. 
Mm-hmm. And they talk about it daily because they have nothing else to talk about. Naturally. <laughs> so, no, no. Side note, side note. My boss at the, at the nursing home where I work at, he said that same thing. He's like, oh, sports talk radio. That's all, they, that's all they're talking about right now. And I was like, dude, <laughs> that's literally all they have oh, to talk about. I mean, yeah. it's, it's such a great time in NBA. You know what I mean? Hey, John Anker, is that a quick shout out to uh, the one and only Doug Man? Yes, it was. Doug oh shit! Um, but uh, who's, yeah, who's Doug Man? So, so Doug Man actually. So back, thrown back to Cross Plains history. Doug Man happened to be my first boss ever. Okay, Doug Man, and happens to now be John Akers' current boss. Oh, yes. oh, he's one of my current bosses. Oh, interesting. He's, he's the number two. He's like the chef. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Cool, cool. He was cool. my first boss back in the grand year of 2007. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Shout out to Terry Neal, one of my first bosses. If you're, Ooh, if you're listening. Terry Neal. Terry Sounds Neal. like a dope person. He was dope. He was real dope. Sounds dope. Um, so uh, what I've been... Uh, oh, did you have anything else that you were listening to, John, before I move on? Uh, no. Last just, dance uh, I'll just give give Nathaniel Rickliffe a listen to. That's about all I got. Hell yeah. Well, uh, as for me, um, I have uh, been listening to. Um, well, uh, before I get into what I've been listening to, um, I have a uh, new podcast that's going to be coming out on Revolver Audio, and it is called Pick Apart the Passion. <laughs> And it stars uh, Rambunctious is the host, and then we have co-hosts like Ram, A- Amram Long. You know, yeah, you know Amram. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I have a podcast with him now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe we'll have you as a guest sometime. You guys know each other? Yeah, we've been friends for a long time. Yeah, tight, that's tight. awesome. Dude. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I just started a podcast with him, and uh, every day, and. Um, uh Tayamo Denku is the third guy. So it's it's three hip hop guys interviewing hip hop stars and uh breaking down their uh you know newest releases or old releases even and uh that's going to be coming out soon. Um and we have the first episode is going to be about Tayamo Denku and the second episode is going to be about um this guy K uh Sankofa who's uh someone that's from Madison um and uh really really like really great uh madison rapper um from the west coast real like conscious rap i really enjoyed his album Um, episode one of the pick apart the passion podcast is out now on spotify and youtube and look for the second episode with Kay sankofa to be released on june 24th i also gave a listen to the captain and the kid which is a Elton John album that's uh, apparently the sequel to Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. How was it? It was all right, but it was <laughs> it, it, it didn't it didn't it didn't <laughs> sound it didn't sound like Captain Fantastic. You know, it didn't like have the mm-hmm. same like tone to it. You know, well, they did it thirty years but, later. Yeah, so. I mean, I don't know what I'm expecting. <laughs> it's 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 a different point in Elton John's career, so I mean, it's going to sound different. Um, I mean, there there was some great like there was a really great like you know piano and like you know uh, singing stuff, mm-hmm. but it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. quite as like raw as uh, 
Captain Fantastic. Um, but I have uh, also been listening to the two uh, singles out for RTJ4 from the Jewels 4. Um, they have two singles out, and the new album comes out in, ju- in June, so um, for free. So if you're a Run the Jewels fan, mm-hmm. RTJ4 is coming out soon. And uh, it's it's produced by Rick Rubin, and it sounds pretty good so far. I I don't know. I got high hopes. Um, oh, also, I've been no. continuing my Iron Maiden um, uh, journey, and I just listened to uh, what was it? Fear of the Dark. So it's right before it gets to the X Factor. So that's where I'm at. As for if, if anyone's wondering, you know what Iron Maiden album I'm at at this point from last time. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I've been listening to lately. Uh any uh any closing thoughts or or anything about uh Rush before we get out of here guys? Listen to Rush. Listen to Rush. Can't sell you mead me and strat. Yeah, you know, I mean I mean Neil Pert, rest in peace. You know. RP. Yeah, 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 I think like Rush is a whole the pride of Canada, and definitely, uh, definitely a whole actually. a whole different type of of um, rock music that definitely was uh, uh, you can like you said I think Brad I think you said it earlier when you hear Rush you definitely know it's them and that's that's part of being great yeah you have a trademark sound mm-hmm. so yeah it's the truth yeah. I mean. For this album, I prepared like I'm wearing my denim underwear and like I'm wearing denim socks right now just to like prepare for all of this. Nice, nice, nice. That's yeah, nice. thank, thank you, That's Trevor. It and, really gets uh, you in the mood. Thank you, um, Jake. Jake, for being part of this. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for thanks for being our thanks first for having having me guest. back. Yeah. No, dude. no. Thank you for being my first two uh, guests that are both welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm not welcome back anywhere. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But, yeah. No. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Dave couldn't make it. He uh, he had a uh, emergency. He was really excited about this episode, but he had a cat emergency. He wasn't able to make it out tonight. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're at the vet right oh. now, I think. But uh, I just figured out what my final words of what I want them to be. Final words like ever or just for this? Yeah. Just for Only this? you can okay. forest fires. <laughs> that's what I, that's Only it. You. Good point. Good. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, going into this, this camping season of the summer, yep. you know, like uh, it's important. Yep. Uh, only you can prevent forest fires. Uh, uh, honestly, everyone I think should just loosen up the restrictions on camping in general and just let anyone, everyone camp everywhere because it's true. It's COVID summer and, uh, we we need to camp. I had this professor in college. I don't want to go too long, but I had a professor in in college that he hated Smokey the bear, like the whole message because because he was, he was an, because not because of preventing forest fires, but just the fact that you needed like naturally we need fires. If we, if we did more natural burning oh, that it would be, okay. you know, that was his whole point, but 
I mean, oh, like, well, that there, there every are time I see Smokey fires. the Bear, I just see my professor just like pointing and just being angry. <laughs> I mean, to be, <laughs> honest, I, to be honest, I get it. Smokey the Bear is a narc, but I mean, like, he's kind aside of from the fact, like, his message, his words are solid, even yeah. though he's a narc. He's a narc. Though. Yeah. Let forest fires happen uh, in control. Sometimes. Ways, just is sometimes. Right. Is what he should have said. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like sometimes in a controlled burns that. only. And yeah. you have to, you know, you can't just Gotta decide. Have that consistency. You can't just yeah. decide that you can make that call. You know what I mean? Right. So, Correct. Um, <laughs> All right, but anyway, anyways, overall, yeah. it's a good message. It was wonderful. Generally, it's generally it was a pretty wonderful good idea. podcast yeah, yeah. with you guys tonight. Yeah, no, seriously, uh, this is a this is a fun one, and uh, yeah. yeah, another another uh, bonus episode in the books. So fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us for the album concept mm-hmm. hour, and uh, we will be back next week with a different podcast. Uh, or different Love album, sounds. not podcast. Different album. Will be a different podcast entirely. Just, ah. uh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a real trip. Huh? <laughs> All, right. All right, yeah. Thank you for joining us, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening. The album concept hour is Brad LeBaron, Dave Gallagher, John Aker, and Scott Wesley. Special thanks to King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for the theme music. Please like us on Facebook or friend us on Twitter or MySpace and let us know what concept album you would like to hear on the podcast. See you on Side B. This has been a Revolver Audio production. Executive producer Brad LeBaron. For more podcasts, visit soundcloud.com slash revolveraudio or to support new content, visit co-fi.com slash revolveraudio. Mmm, revolver.